Hello and welcome to another Tabletop Games Blog Saturday review. The Durrani Empire had just collapsed, and large swathes of Central Asia had fallen into disarray. It was an ideal opportunity for the Ferengi to impose their power over the region and fight out their rivalries somewhere far away from their daily politics. The foreigners were completely unaware of how the local Afghan leaders were manipulating them to their own benefit. They played their own great game with these superpowers and knew that the imperial might would not survive for long. There was never going to be a Pax Premier 2nd Edition by Cole Worley from Worliger Games. Pax Premier 2nd Edition is a game of two histories. The history of the region and the history of the game itself. The game is set in the 19th century in Central Asia. It's a period that Western historians call the Great Game, when, and I quote, Afghan leaders attempt to forge a new state after the collapse of the Durrani Empire, as the rulebook says. Of course, there's nothing great about the Great Game. It's the usual story of imperial powers, Britain and Russia in this case, forcefully imposing their control on an unstable region. Battles were fought, new rulers were installed and negotiations were had. Ultimately though, the local population suffered immensely at the hands of two military and political superpowers. The other history is that of the game itself. As the name suggests, Pax Premier 2nd Edition is the successor to Pax Premier. The original game was also designed by Coworley, but in tandem with Phil Eklund. Eklund is well known for putting his own spin on history and science, to put it diplomatically. He has previously said that, and I quote, every word is a fact within the limits of his knowledge, which means arguing against him is futile. There's a whole section at the end of the Pax Premier rulebook titled A Defense of British Colonialism that is in Eklund's name. Burley, on the other hand, seems to have a different stance. He writes at the end of the same rulebook that, and I quote, Eldred Pottinger is made out to be the hero of Herat by a Victorian novel, but the siege of Herat was likely not turned by a single inventive Westerner, and Afghan histories rarely take note of Pottinger's involvement. I think that shows what Worley tried to achieve with the game, and where Eklund tried to push it. As far as I know, Worley never agreed with Eklund's designer notes in the rulebook. There are also indications that Worley had been given permission to include his own notes in the rulebook. These notes clarified the horrible historic background that Pax Premier set against. Ultimately though, these notes were never included in the original game. Worley spent several years researching the great game. It's clearly a real passion project for Worley. He tried to create a game that conveys the struggles Afghan leaders faced at the hands of the imperial powers. So when Worley got the opportunity to take Pax Premier and redesign it, it became the game he had intended from the start. Pax Premier's second edition is based on Pax Premier, there's no getting around it, but Eklund's influence has been completely removed and the later game is a much more refined experience overall. The rulebook for Pax Premier 2nd Edition has a whole page right at the end that explains how best to read The Great Game, and references other sources that you should read alongside. If you follow Worley's advice here, you get a much better sense of what went on during this time in history. 
more interesting, to me at least, is a section at the end of the rulebook titled Design, History and Dedication. It describes how Pax Premier came about and how it led to Pax Premier's second edition. While Worley thanks Eklund for his mentorship, he also mentions Patrick Leder, with whom he has since had a fruitful relationship under the Leder Games brand. The final product is quite different from a lot of war games, or rather, con sims or conflict simulations. While this board game genre is known for basic components and often dull illustrations, Pax Premier's 2nd edition is really luxurious and almost colourful. There are resin blocks that represent armies or roads of the so-called coalition powers, Russia, Britain and Afghanistan. They feel heavy in your hand and have a lovely design embossed on them. They are a real visual statement on the cloth game board. Yes, the game board is a cloth with a map and score track printed on it. It also has some lovely flourishes. There are faint outlines of mountains and the score track is beautifully decorated, inspired by Persian and Indian patterns and designs. You can also use a reverse of the market board as a game board if you prefer a more sturdy playing surface. There are loyalty dials which you spin around to indicate which coalition you are currently allied to. These and all other cardboard components, such as cardboard money, are really thick and feel durable. They should last a very long time indeed. Every player also gets a set of 10 wooden discs in their player colour, plus a score tracker disc that has a lovely little design screen printed on it. Overall, the game does feel very luxurious and the components are a real joy to play with. In terms of gameplay, Pax Premier is a pretty straightforward tableau builder. That's how the rulebook describes the game. Even though that's correct in basic terms, it couldn't be further from the truth. In this review, I can only scratch the surface of this very deep game. There are so many subtle effects that you will only discover if you play the game several times. So yes, at its core, Pax Premier 2nd Edition is a tableau builder. The whole game is based on the actions and effects displayed on the over 140 cards. When you play a card, you are affecting the game state, adding tribes, spies, armies or roads to the game. Once in play, you use a card's actions to further affect the game, taking taxes, betraying enemies, moving spies or armies, adding more armies or roads to the map or fighting battles. That's, in principle, all there is to the game. Simple enough. Of course, that's just the mechanisms in the game. The actual game is all about the various ways of scoring. It's about timing your actions in such a way that you're in the right position when scoring does take place, or even forcing a scoring round. Timing is very important in Pax Premier 2nd Edition, but at the same time you can never plan very far ahead. The game is in constant flux. You're relying on tactics more than strategy, even though you need to try and plan a couple of turns ahead. It's really weird and very different from other tableau builders. Your tableau is really only ever useful for a few rounds. You always have to be prepared to rip it up and change it at a moment's notice. The cards in your hand are almost more important than the ones that are active and laid out in front of you. After all, Pax Premier's 2nd edition tries to emulate a time where Afghan leaders quickly pounced on the few opportunities that presented themselves. Similarly, as a player, you need to create opportunities for yourself. Collect a good hand of cards that you can play into your tableau when the moment is right. Don't get too attached to your court of active cards. Be ruthless and chop and change when necessary. In the same way, your loyalty is almost irrelevant. 
You need to be able to switch your allegiance to another power if they are in the lead. There's no point in blindly following the same faction and spending huge amounts of actions on getting them into the lead. It's much easier and more sensible to change your loyalty to whoever is in the lead. Leave them in the dust of the desert and swear your allegiance to the British or the Afghan instead, if they're in a the better position. It feels so very unnatural to play what looks like a classic tablet builder and could even be confused with an engine builder in this way. Ultimately, PAX Premier 2nd Edition is all about scoring. You can win immediately if you have the most points and are at least 4 points ahead of the next highest player after a scoring round. There are up to 4 scoring rounds and it is possible to score 5 points in a single round, so the game can potentially end after the first scoring round and I've seen this happen. Again, it's all about timing. You will see when a scoring round approaches, but it can also force an immediate scoring round if you have enough money. Similarly, scoring rounds can happen unexpectedly, so you always have to check how many points everyone would score if the scoring round happened now, and decide if you're safe to play another turn, or if you have to do something about it right now. In fact, when it comes to winning, or rather stopping someone from winning, Pax Premier's 2nd edition feels very much like both. There comes a time in the game when players have to either work together or at least try and negotiate who is best placed to stop the winner. The problem is, like an oath, that by stopping another player's win, you're probably also putting yourself in a worse position. It's a tough choice. The game is fully aware of this and the rulebook strongly encourages players to, and I quote, discuss the game during play and explicitly coordinate their actions. I say strongly encourages, which is probably a bit strong, but it's in the rulebook and is definitely something you need to do during the game, PAX Premier 2nd Edition is certainly not a multiplayer solitaire game. As I mentioned earlier, PAX Premier 2nd Edition, like most war games, is unable to convey the suffering and horror that many people face during the time that the game is set. You are encouraged to read the card text as you play, which gives you a glimpse of what went on and who these people are. The rulebook points you to the great game further reading, which gives you a more thorough understanding of the time period and what happened. However, in reality, when you play, you're more focused on trying to influence things in your favour. You don't worry if the card you just played represents a person who fought in battles against the Afghans. You also don't care if the person on the card is actually fictional. When you betray a card in another player's court, you don't think of it as killing the enemy of Afghanistan, Britain or Russia. Instead, you just want it as a prize to add to your influence on that power. At the same time, Pax Premier 2nd Edition never set out to portray the horrors that take place when an imperial power invades another country. Its aim was to put players into the position of an, in a quote, Afghan leader who tries to forge a new stable state while trying to manipulate the foreigners for their own purposes. And the game really succeeds at that. However, it does take a little while to get to that point. I can't deny that the game takes a while to properly understand. The rules are simple enough, but because it's such a deep game, learning what impact different actions have and how best to time them takes a few plays. Personally, until my third game, I felt I had hardly any agency. However, then it really clicked and I was actively making decisions to maneuver myself into a winning position. So be prepared to invest your time into PAX Premier 2nd Edition. You have to stick with it to really appreciate it. Only then will you see how glorious the game is. You constantly duck and dive and chop and change. 
The game happens on the table as well as among players. Not only do you need to change your loyalty to the coalitions within the game, you also need to do the same with the other players around the table. Pacts will only ever be useful for a certain number of rounds. You need to constantly reassess which of the people around the table you want to work with, all while making sure you get the most benefits from any agreements you forge with them. Pax Premier 2nd Edition isn't just a passion project for the designer, but it feels like a passion project for me as a player. Allow the time it needs to bloom and you will experience an amazingly exciting and engrossing game that will keep you entertained and continue to teach you new things for a very long time to come. I've merely scratched the surface of this game so far. Thank you for listening to this Tabletop Games Blog Saturday Review Podcast. Please check the description below for links mentioned in this episode as well as to the written version of this article on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us some stars or leave a review. Please also tell your friends about me and if you want to offer financial support, check out my Patreon Ko-fi pages, links to which you'll find in the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com. So thank you again for listening and I hope to see you again soon. This podcast was made possible by the generous help of my supporters. Royal Patron, Sean Newman. Magic Champion, John Risley. Castle Guards, David Miller and James Naylor. Dice Masters, Alex Bardi, Paul Grogan and Robin Kay. Shining Lights, Gavin Jones, Vukasin Nizovic, Sarah Reed, Richard Simpson and Tim Vernick.